Okay, good morning. Welcome to Emma Audio. It's really cold out, maybe 10 degrees, but I'm sweating because I just did 100 kettlebell swings with my younger daughter while we waited for the school bus, and I just upgraded last week to the 44 pound kettlebell, which is sort of a good medium weight kettlebell to challenge yourself with higher number of swings, like 100 swings. Um, we did them in sets of varying lengths uh, because I was, I feel like I'm having kind of a slow day physically. Um, a few little complaints here and there from my body. And I'm about to drive <clears throat> to a place where I can walk the dogs for just a short period of time. Because we got another five inches of snow yesterday. And so the usual dog walking road has a very steep hill that's kind of sketchy to get up if, the, if there's this much snow on them. <coughs> Excuse me, so I have a backup spot that's a much shorter walk, but uh, frankly, the dogs don't need a long walk um, in these temperatures, and they'll get a longer one this afternoon. So yesterday, we had a snow day, which meant that there was essentially a four-day weekend because there was Martin Luther King Day, and then we had a snow day yesterday, which I think is maybe why they gave us a snow day, is that they thought, eh, this will just be nice for people. And we had snow all day. I mean, it was a legitimate snow day, but I think it was an easy decision to make. Because even though the snow hadn't started by the time school started, it was snowing heavily by noon. And as part of the day yesterday, we cleaned the house all together. Now, normally I clean the house by myself. It's one of the things I do as part of my work week. I spend about three hours a week cleaning the house. But uh, everyone helped clean the house yesterday. The girls were kind of, I don't know, they were kind of mopey. I think too many days off in a row. Um, they were resisting helping cleaning, but they did some. But Cecilia and I got into this mode of deep, really deep cleaning some things. Um, and you know, we moved the couch in the kitchen and scrubbed the floor behind it. I got down on my belly and crawled under the main kitchen counters and scrubbed the floor and the baseboards everywhere there and vacuumed all the undersides of those bottommost shelves. Uh, we pulled the refrigerator partly out and cleaned what we could really a disgusting B really glad we did it and C um, felt really good to have done it you know there's a feeling that you get in a house where you have done those things um, a feeling of rejuvenation and cleanliness that is really impossible to impossible to to duplicate come on dogs uh, light is beautiful this morning, even though it is cold. Come on, Daisy, I got you. Let's go. I got you, kid. There you go. Um, and so this morning, inspired by something I saw on Instagram, I decided to take a minute and clean up my phone screens. Um... I have a photo of my wife as the home screen, which I really like. Um, but 
you know, a pro proliferation of different apps that I used once and then haven't used again, or <clears throat> things that I had to download in order to have a conversation with somebody from around the world. And, I, you know, I uninstalled maybe 10 apps, and, and then I spent some time organizing it so that my front screen has all of the things down at the bottom that I use regularly. There's maybe 11 icons that I want on my front screen, and then I sort of pulled everything else into one page. So all I do is I have one page behind the front screen uh, that has all the other ones. I could go deeper, but the point is, even just that five minutes made the subconscious act of pulling up my phone much more pleasant because everything that's there is something that I use and enjoy knowing exactly where it is. And the thing with all those apps that you don't use regularly is they're just like the things in your house that you don't use regularly that you kind of have glossed over even looking at. You know, for us it was, um, here's a great example in our house that I finally cleaned up yesterday. We bought a staghorn fern this Christmas. I think it was my wife's present to me, or maybe we got it like this fall. I can't remember how long we've had it, but we assumed we would kill it. Yeah, it must have been this fall. We assumed we would kill it because we've heard stories from various friends of how they killed their staghorn ferns. They need to be watered in a certain way. They're picky, they're finicky, <clears throat> but it seems to be doing great. Now, it came in a little pot, and normally staghorn ferns, which are epiphytes, need to be like essentially bundled up in sphagnum moss, and then you spritz them all the time. And we left it in the pot, and we've been spritzing it and watering the base very, very lightly. And it's sending out vigorous new growth. It seems super happy where it is. And we had inherited a like a wooden frame from Cecilia's uncle. Uh, and I had gone and bought the right kind of sphagnum moss and and I'd gotten an old uh, fishing reel down from my office that had some fishing line on it that we were going to use to tie the thing on. And we just never did it. And we never did it and never did it and never did it. And it's always been sort of there on the side table next to the back couch waiting to be done. One of those projects that just kind of sits around. And I had the realization the other day when we noticed that there was this vigorous new growth coming out. Like, wait a second. Why would we change what we're doing when it is so happy with what we're doing? We shouldn't do a damn thing to it except what we're doing now. And then I had the realization when I was cleaning up, like, look, there's this spot on this lower bookshelf right at the floor. There's an empty spot there. I could put this wooden frame and this sphagnum moss and the fishing line down there. Should we ever need it? I know where it is. That spot isn't being used by anything anyways. And it clears off this table, which has had this sort of arrangement of various projects that I thought needed to happen so sitting there accusing me every time I walked by which is a lot of times a day and the psychological impact of removing just those few items from the sort of daily use surfaces was tremendous it's, I mean it's, this is I bring it up because it's a great example of how we can do these little things to <clears throat> it's not just tidying up it's like intentionally ordering your space so that it supports you in your daily life. And the things that are like unfinished business or things we might need later, it's good to have a place to store them. Oh, Maisie, you got cold paw? Come on, sweetie, come on. It's good to have a place to, to 
to store them, but they shouldn't be stored out where they're in your face, where you're going to see them all the time. And I'm a big believer that certain things should get stored and certain things you should get rid of. But it really depends on whether it's something that you can reliably say you're going to need or could possibly need if, you know, or it could possibly make a difference in terms of your well-being should something go wrong. Uh, great example of this. Yesterday, at the start of the snowstorm, we got called by my next-door neighbor who said, I got the car stuck. Is there any chance you can come and help us? <clears throat> and his parents are coming into town for three months because they're about to have a baby, and he was going to go pick them up at the airport, and his car was deeply in a... It was like he parked on a what turned out to be a muddy hole that had covered over with a bunch of ice, and then his car had broken through when he started to drive, and it was like caught down in the ice and tilted pretty significantly. And we looked at it, and we couldn't figure out where in the rear we could attach a, a tow rope safely so that we could drag it out with our truck. Uh, and we were trying to figure out what to do. And we happened to have these like rubber blocks that you strap to the tires of your car to help you get sort of extra aggressive traction out of circumstances like this. I bought them on a whim and tossed one in the truck and one in our van and <clears throat> I, I went and got both of them. And it turns out they were exactly the thing. Like between that and us pushing and the girls pulling on a rope in the back, we were able to get the car out after sort of banding about and figuring out what didn't work for a while. But we were able to get it out, no small part due to these rubber blocks that, you know, you, you don't need them until you need them. But then when you need them, they're super handy. So that's a great example of something that deserves a home. But obviously you wouldn't leave it lying out, just lying out. You know, it needs to have a home where it lives in a certain spot and you know where it is. In this case, in the toolbox in the bed of my truck. And that's the, that's the difference between letting things stay out. Come on, Maisie. Oh gosh, do you have cold paw and you can't move? That's the difference between letting things stay out and, uh, and not, is that Well, first of all, you're much less likely to be able to find the thing unless you store it away intentionally and tell your brain, this is where this thing is stored. So when I need it next, I know where it is. That's what happened with these wooden blocks, or sorry, these rubber blocks, was that I was able to say, okay, where did I store those? And I, there were two logical places in each vehicle, and I found them exactly where I thought I would find them. Hi, sweetie. Is your paw cold and you can't walk? Come on, let's take a look. You stuck on the ice. Come on, kiddo. Here we go. Is that better? There we go. You got this. All right. Man, the old dog is getting old. Her, really, her back legs are really getting feeble. Come on, sweetie. Come on. Let's go. You got this. Come on. So all of this is to say, I hope this finds you in the mood to take two minutes and choose something. Maybe it's just your phone. You know, change the wallpaper on your phone to something that gives you peace. You know, is that paw cold, sweetie? Here we go. Here we go. Here, try that. Try that. Come on. You can do it. Let's go. Here we go. 
you know, change your wallpaper to something that gives you peace. Uninstall any apps that you don't regularly use, where if you need them again, you can just install them again. <clears throat> and, and then, you know, choose the 10 or 12 apps or whatever they're called, different functions, icons that you want on the bottom of your home screen. Put them there and put everything else on the next screen. Try to keep it to one additional screen. And, and then if you really want to go crazy, the other thing I've been doing lately, I've been pretty good about it. I need to go back to apparently 2022. I've not done this for, but, uh, going and editing down the photos in, uh, that I have, because I take a lot of photos and most of them are no good. Um, you know, I might take, depending on the circumstance, I might take four or five photos to get one that I like. And there might be edited or cropped versions of photos where there's a, for a final one that's actually good and the first iterations are no good. And I've been trying to be really good about editing them down, first of all, to make sure that I don't, I'm not just, uh, that I'm able to f find things that are actually useful to me and not just be crowded out with the amount of crummy photography that's there. And second of all, because, hey Maisie, come on, let's go. I want to uh, have my photo album, my photos, essentially act like a photo album. Come on, Maisie, let's go. Come on. Come on, come here, come here. Let's go. Come on, we got a school bus coming along here. Come on, Willa. I'll just pick the dog up by the, by the dog. Coat and stuffed her in the car. There you go. Come on, hop in. Good girl. Okay. So the goal with editing the photos is I know from bitter experience how hard it can be to find the photos you want if you haven't done this. You know, uh, for the three books that I've published, I've probably selected Oh, 500, 600 photos over the years, and I've sifted through thousands of photos, and <clears throat> it is vastly easier if you take the time every couple of days to remove the photos that aren't as good, right? You take a series of photos of you and your family, choose one that is the best, and get rid of the rest of them, and if you can't decide, force yourself to decide, because the way we form memories is based around a single, single image as a catalyst for a memory. If you keep multiple images, it actually doesn't form as strong a memory, I feel. I have no science to back this up, but I feel like it does not form as strong a memory because there's no one single thing that is the triggering image in your memory to help you remember the thing that it's an image of. It becomes, I don't know, it becomes muddied. And you would think, oh, you know, keeping multiple images, I'll actually remember it better. But in my experience, you don't. I think your brain actually tends to kind of tune that stuff out because it's too much noise and it 
can't see the signal in it. At least not as easily. So, take five minutes today. Intentionally create some spaces of calm and purposeful shaping of the spaces around you. I'll talk tomorrow. Oh, there goes my friend Alan. He drives for the company we get propane from. So we get to see him fairly regularly. <clears throat> Alright, bye.